If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today I'm going to introduce you to Jackie Barber. Jackie has done eventing, show jumping and dressage. She was BHSI when she was living in the UK and came to Australia and now is a level two general and coach educator. Jackie's pretty busy at the moment running Fox Hill Holistic Equestrian Centre. And uh, how are you today, Jackie? I'm very well, thank you. And pleased to be able to do this interview with you. (laughs) Good. Good. Jackie, we normally start off asking people about an inspirational quote. Have you got one that you can think of? Something that ha- that you, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I use two fairly regularly, I think, when I'm teaching. One is the acronym KISS, yes. which um, <laughs> keep it simple, stupid. I think that brings a smile to people's faces and helps them relax a bit. And I think sometimes we can just overcomplicate things too much, whether it be complicating the, the horse's mind or complicating the rider with trying to do too many things at once. So just to try and focus on some core main things and not overcomplicate it. And the other one I like to use, which is from Molly Sivright, who is a fellow, or was, sadly she's not with us anymore, fellow of the British Horse Society. She wrote a book and the title was Think and Feel, Feel and Think. And that really says everything. Yeah. yeah. Feel more and think more rather than just do and try and get results all the time. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Both of them are good. What I'd like to know then is how both of these acronyms have affected you, how you've used them to improve either yourself or any of your students. I've always tended to have problem ponies or problem horses with issues and without an awful lot of help sometimes, I was just left on my own to work things out. Fortunately, I always did in the end and got good results and I had to listen and feel for a better way or the the way that the horse needed me to be to bring the best out of it. So both those things really resonate and make sense with me. So I suppose that's why I'm drawn to um, people who think the same. Yes, yes. And I think that always happens too is, you know, sometimes you can have a coach that suits certain people like Simon Cale was here before and he said I don't get any nervous people I only get the confident ones you know and other people say oh no I get I can really help people with their confidence yeah and people tend to gravitate towards them yeah yeah yes yes for sure Um, now we usually start off just by saying how did you start with horses and the reason we do this is because people come from a lot of different backgrounds 
it just um, it's interesting, I think, to know how people have started. Yeah, so if you can tell us about how you started. Well, my mother was a show jumper, and so she introduced us to horses from as early as I can remember. We were sat on ponies, so I never really actually can remember learning how to ride. But yes, it was through my mother's love and dedication for horses. And then she gave up quite when she was in her early 20s and got married and had children. So she never fulfilled her dream. So I think she was always very keen for her children to be supported and helped as much as possible. Mm, that's good, isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. Now, but going from there, now, did you, because you're an I now, are you, did you do your I or do some study at Talon? Because you'd said about Molly Sivright. Yes, I did. I did a little bit with Molly and Pammy. And yes, and they really speak so highly of the, the standard at Talent. It was a very, very good place. I never was there as a living student or permanently, but I went to do different courses there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. And then what made you decide to have a career with horses to go on to be a coach? I think I just decided really when I was trying to work out what to do, I'd done a secretarial course and I'd done a bit of traveling and then I was thinking of doing a Cordon Bleu course and I wanted to be a school teacher because I had natural patience and I, I like people and I like children. And then I just sort of worked out, well, I'll just put the two together and get qualified to teach in riding. And that was the start of it and I never looked back. But I thought I knew quite a lot when I went to train for my AI and I thought, well, I'll just get my AI and then I'll be able to teach. And I really, it made me realize how much I didn't know. <laughs> so then I just kept studying and training and working until I got my eye and mm-hmm. um, sort of satisfied me, I suppose. I, I think a lot of people go through that stage where you think you know everything and all of a sudden you realize you yeah. don't know much at all, yeah. you know. Yes, and, you're a confident teenager and won oh. everything on ponies and, yeah, yep. anyway. Definitely. And I think, I mean, it's happened with me. I've just thought, and I was the same. I did my AI and I thought, oh, no, I'll just breeze through this. I'll just do it, you know, yeah. and, and didn't, of course, yeah. you know. And <laughs> and then you just think you're going to do really well. And then you see it again in people, you know, people you teach. Oh, yeah, I'll just do that. And they've got a little yeah. way to go. But, you know, you live and learn. Yes. Yeah. 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 You do, and you can only really help people that want to be helped. I've made the mistake of trying to impart my knowledge onto everybody and anybody, and some people want it and need it at the time, and others don't. So, yeah. Yeah. And and you're right, people have got to be open to learning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, we're talking now about people who are just on the verge of leaving school and thinking about a horse Mm. career. What type of core skills do you think they need to commence in a career with horses? Well, some people have the dream of, I want to work with horses, I love animals, and that's about all they know. So I think, you know, they need to go and get some work experience, and that will really sort out quite a few people. Others know what it's like to be involved with horses and know that it's hard work, and they have a real deep passion and determination and dedication to do that and so I think that 
is really necessary. They have to know exactly what's involved with the hard work and sometimes the long hours and the disappointment and all the ups and downs that go with it. It's not an easy profession or an industry. So dedication and passion, I think, mm-hmm. to work hard. Okay. Mm. Yep. Yep. All right. Now we talked about people who've influenced you. You've already talked about mm. Molly Sivright. Monty Roberts. Yeah, would you oh, like Monty to talk Roberts. about how how Monty's influenced you? Because Monty was earlier on. He was in episode three. If anyone'd like to go back and listen to it, but tell us how Monty's influenced you. Well, just his philosophy. I mean, he's just inspirational with people and horses and what he's been through personally, uh, his traumatic life really, and how he's turned that around just for the good of everybody and his absolute devotion to trying to find a better way to train horses without the violence and the force that you know has been used and still is in some places to literally break their spirit to be able Mm -hmm. to do anything with them so yeah he's magical powers really as to how he can read horses and relate to them and get them to trust him and respect him is just very, very inspirational. So if anybody has the opportunity, because he's well into his 80s now, I think, um, and I'm not sure whether he even is still doing demonstrations, but I was lucky enough to go and watch him do a demonstration with a horse in Newcastle and just incredible. And I've read his books. And yep. mm. All right. And what about uh, Captain Mark Phillips? Yes, I was lucky enough to have some lessons with Captain Mark Phillips cross country and I think he's really gone under the radar an awful lot that's probably by design he's quite a shy person but when he's working with people on horses he he just forgets who he is and what he's doing and he's, his passion just comes out and he's quite incredible mm. a lot of people never realize that he won badminton four times which is quite a mean not a mean feat. Yes. So he's a, an excellent horseman. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. for dressage, you can't go past Carl Hester and Charlotte Dujardin and what they've done for sure. dressage. Sure, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then eventing, Mark Todd is a bit of a hero. <laughs> yes, so, yes, he is. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, Mark Phillips, what, what did you get? You know, like I know he's a great teacher we used to get get him out a fair bit for the squad school so what I particularly liked is he'd say do this 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 and he'd give you a whole lot of instructions but he didn't really he'd say these are the things I want you to focus on on the approach these three things these three things over the fence and these three things on the departure so even though he was throwing you a lot of things he still broke it down and he just you know, yes. instead yes. of thinking yes. this one thing on the approach, this one thing over the fence, this one thing on the departure, he said these three things because you can think about three things at a time. So he'd throw nine things at you but still expect you yes. to, to do it all perfectly, of yes. course, yeah. yeah. He was quite a taskmaster, wasn't he? Oh, he for really sure, for sure. Results. Yes. Yep. And yep. He, yeah, so he, he meant business and he wanted results and he got them. So, oh. yeah. He, I think he was he very, was very, very professional. Yeah, very professional. Yep. Mm, very. All right. Now, horses that have influenced you. You've got one that Mark was helping you with to go to a three-day event. Is that the one or 
Yeah, well, he he was a funny little horse. He was not your typical eventer, really. He didn't have naturally good paces. He wasn't a natural athlete. He was just a very, very genuine, hard-working little horse that would try his heart out for you. So um, Mark Phillips was actually quite disillusioned, I think, when he saw us working on the flat. But we sort of went to the top of the class when we started jumping. So... Yeah, the horses can surprise you, and sometimes it is their heart and their temperament that will shine through sometimes rather than the horse that doesn't have the temperament that has all the ability because I've had those too. Mm, mm. Mm. So a trainable temperament sometimes can go further than, than all the natural ability. Yep, yep, for sure. And what about mm. your proudest moment? What do you think your proudest moment's been? Oh, I honestly haven't got one really proud moment. I think there's just so many, and it can be as small as leading a disabled ride around, and they're they're just got joy written all over their face because they can feel and smell the horse and feel the breeze on their skin. And you know that can just be a proud, wonderful moment that you can you can actually give that to somebody. Mm. And then it can be breeding your own horse and training it and, you know, winning an event. And that's incredibly proud. Mm -hmm. So many, many things that keep happening. That is why I suppose (laughs) you keep going. That's right. um, Because there's so many proud moments to have and to look forward to. Mm -hmm. I think it's really good. You know, a lot of athletes in a lot of sport, they reach their peak and then they say, oh, well, you know, I'm over it now. Whereas I think with riding, you you have a horse that reaches its peak and may have a little bit of age or may become unsound, but there's always another horse that you can use to keep going and to yes. give you the inspiration yes. to keep going. Yep, yep. Yes, and they're all so different. That, mm. You know, every single horse teaches you something new. So, yes, it, it is never-ending. It's a never-ending learning curve for yeah. everybody yeah. As, as long as you're open to, to listening to <laughs> Getting the feedback from them. Because yes. at the end of the day, very often they are your best teachers. Okay. Look, what I'd like you to do now is put on your coach's hat or your instructor hat. Think about a problem that you see reoccurring again and again mm. and how to fix it. So can you talk to us about that? A lot of people come to me and say, oh, my horse bucks. You know, my horse won't be caught. My horse won't jump. My horse does this. My horse that and it's sort of you know all about the horse and I try and get people to think well look it's a partnership sometimes if you just improve on how you think about something how you're riding your balance your position maybe it's the saddle maybe it's the way the horse is kept or diet that's why I like the holistic approach then usually you can make huge inroads into the horse and rider partnership and what they can get from each other once you can get them working together instead of the rider just thinking this is a vehicle to get a result. Mm, mm. Mm. So I try and get people to think about what they're doing and the influence they're having on the horse and to think about things from the horse's point of view. Yeah. They're misunderstood a lot. Yes, yes. So having a bit more empathy for the horse and it's a change in the thinking rather than changing a position correction or a training correction. It's a training of thinking 
yeah. with the partnership. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it all comes down to education. I think for some reason people think if they have a few acres or they've got enough money, they can just buy a horse or keep a horse or ride a horse and it's quite simple but really it can be but it's you know it's they can be inherently dangerous and there's lots of horrible things that happen that could be avoided if people just got more help and found good coaches and took advice and yeah more learning yep Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. All right, now I'd like you to put on your coach educator cap and think uh-huh. about training coaches, training instructors. What do you think there is about a problem with new instructors, people who, say, aren't qualified yet that have come uh-huh. to you for training? What do you think is a common problem there and how do we fix that? Along the same sort of lines, they have to not just try and get results at any cost. Try and really have very, very good basics know what the most important things are to work on so a big thing I say to everyone is you you need to have a horse and rider that's calm in their mind and relaxed in their body and that first thing you've got to try and achieve if you haven't got that you can't really work on anything else Mm -hmm. and balancing coordination and movement and everything else emanates from that basic calmness and relaxation So I see people not being patient enough, trying to get the horse in an outline too quickly, too early, and therefore they're putting pressure on riders and horses instead of just focusing on some some good core basics. Okay. All right. Jackie, what about a book? Have you got a book that's helped you within your journey that you could recommend for people to read? Yeah, lots of books, really. As I said earlier, Monty Roberts' books are just fabulous reading, whether you're really into horses or not. Also, Jenny Pittman, who was or is, no, she's not anymore, she's retired, but um, she has made history because she was the first female horse trainer and she's trained Grand National winners and she's got a fantastic autobiography, which people can learn so much from that. Uh, Mark Todd's written an autobiography, which is very good reading. And Molly Sivright's book, Thinking, I think it's Thinking, Riding, or, yeah. So think and feel, feel, feel and think, yep. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So, yes, all of those I love and many more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jackie, what are you looking forward to? Well, the, the future, um, I'm probably not competing much now, but I still really love teaching and schooling horses. I made the investment of putting a roof over my arena, so hopefully I'll still be able to sit under there and teach in the shade when I'm 90. <laughs> so, yes, I figured that most people go to work and don't have to work in the elements. So, um, 
you know, whether it's raining or, or really hot, I can still teach in relative comfort under the roof. So I'm really, really enjoying that. Good, good. All right. Now, what I'd like you to do is to, before we say goodbye, is to sum up your philosophy into a lesson today. Well, I suppose repeating myself again, my philosophy would be just to be patient, learn as much as you possibly can, learn as much about yourself as well, because sometimes if we don't know ourselves well enough, our strengths, our weaknesses, we can end up buying the wrong horse for us, and then that can be quite frustrating. So know yourself, get as much help as you can to avoid unnecessary accidents and frustrations and just be patient and um, have some goals and just step by step reach those goals. Hmm. Okay, that's good. All right. And Jackie, how can people contact you? Yep. My phone number is 0416-122-259. My email is Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E, Barber, B-A-R-B-E-R, at bigpond.com. And the website is Fox Hill Equestrian. Okay. Is that .com or .com.au? .com. Okay. Perfect. All right. And we'll put those on your show notes page at Horse Chats, which is horsechats.com slash Jackie Barber. All right, thanks very much for your time today, Jackie. It's been wonderful talking to you and hopefully talk to you Thank again sometime. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.